You know, we have a lot of people that ask us what gun we recommend, and they, they want a gun that'll last them forever. They want to know what gun they should shoot and what gun holds up to shooting targets better than any other gun. And if you ask any of us, we're all going to tell you the same thing. That's buy a Kriegoff. Well, where do you buy your Kriegoff? Well, we buy ours from DuPont Kriegoff in Vero Beach, Florida. DuPont Kriegoff is the largest Kriegoff dealer worldwide for 2017. And you don't become the largest worldwide by just selling guns. You become the largest worldwide because you sell guns and take care of customers. And that's what matters. So listen up. This is what we're going to do. We've got a coupon code for the DuPontKGuns.com website. That's DuPont Kriegoff's website. For all apparel, 25% off if you use the coupon code behind the break. So buy anything they got on their website under apparel for 25% off with the coupon code behind the break. Episode 8 of Behind the Break is on now. I've got the guys from Forest City Gun Club with me, Zach Gerettas and Chip Deacle. What's up, guys? Howdy. How's it going? <laughs> I'm making sure I said your name right. I looked at Zach and I say his name right. <laughs> so these guys are all the way up from Savannah today uh, to visit some of the guys at the Meadows, and I told them to stop on by and we'll do a quick podcast. And the good thing about this podcast is you're going to be on it with George Digweed. That is awesome. I hope you put us in front. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put you in front because if he was in front, nobody would. Hear nobody this. would listen to Forest City. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about Forest City Gun Club. Um, well, we were founded in 1883. Um, we're the oldest continuously ran gun club in the country. I'm primarily back in the earlier days, skeet and trap. Um, here in the last 10 years. Um, getting more into the sporting clays market, which sporting clays has grown in the last 10 years. Um, and it's a, it's a beautiful place. Have you ever been there? No, no, never been. Surprised you hadn't heard that on the podcast. I have uh, heard it a few times. I yeah. just had to ask you one more time. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going, I'm going to the Southeast Regional. Didn't make it to the state shoot, but I am going to the Southeast Regional. I just don't know how to get there. I guess I'll have to find out. Go down that concrete highway. <laughs> it's on your website. Yeah. So, uh, Forest City Gun Club, tell me a little bit about how big it is and what you offer. Uh, if I wanted to become a member, how do I do that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we are, we roughly sell on around 500 acres. We have nearly 100 acres of ponds, fishing ponds, uh, stocked with bass and crappie and brim. Bluegill, if you're a Yankee like me. You like those? Oh, yeah. Gooding. I know where Pond is. It has a bunch. Yeah. yeah. I heard that just a little bit ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to stop talking about that now. We have 23 skeet fields, 10 trap fields, two sporting clays courses, uh, two five stands, and a dove tower. Um, now a, tell, so the dove tower. Tell people how the dove tower works. It's a 60-foot tower. Um, you shoot it kind of like five stand. We have an east side and a west side. And... Um, you you shoot 25 targets from each side you need why it's like five stand is you get to shoot twice at your single and then you shoot um two following pair cool so your job at four city is what i am the general manager have been for a little over five and a half years now um and uh 
kind of uh, manage well manage the uh, day-to-day operations the membership um, there's a lot that goes into a, a big business like that as far as shooting yeah and you got uh, you got a pro shop you have uh, what are all the what all do you have down there pro shop you got a brand new pavilion you got uh, you sell ammo we have uh, a fully stocked pro shop ammo hat shirts shooting accessories cleaning accessories um we have a bar a full bar a big bar is it open every day it will be every day of the regional uh with margaritas frozen margaritas after you shoot after you shoot so chip tell me about what you do i am the assistant manager and i am charge of all the maintenance of all the the maintenance vehicles the clay target machines and all of the buildings and from what uh, Zach was saying earlier, that you've been a uh, member there a long time and just started working there. How does how did that work? My uh, my uncle is a member, and I uh, he would take me out there to shoot every now and then with him. So you and your brother work there? Correct. And something else that's cool about Forest City that Zach told me is that they have trappers that work there every day. Right, Zach? Every single day that we're open. We're open um, for our membership. We're open Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and... Um, we have trappers there to, to take you out and pull for you. That way you don't have to keep handing off the, the cord. Cool. That's cool. I hadn't been to a club that does that yet, other than a tournament. I had been to a lot of clubs in the country, and Forest City was the first one that I had actually seen full-time trappers. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So let's, let's back up and talk about the Georgia State shoot. I know that you set one of the, tor- the courses there, and uh, who else? You and Rick? Um, I set the, the woods course for the main event. Rick set the prelim, which is on the lake course. And, um, Joe Skull, who actually set targets at Cross Creek the right. week before, right. um, he set the fee task and the lake course main. Okay. Heard a lot of good things about the targets. Let's talk about target setting just for a second. Since you have set, I know you set targets last year for Georgia state. Correct. And this year for Georgia state. So what do you how do you set targets? What, what do you think about? Do you think about what you want to shoot? Do you think about what's giving you problems? Do you think about what people want to see? I mean, what do you, how do you figure out how to set a course? When, when you go to set a course, it's, you kind of jumble everything together from when you've been to a tournament and seen a bird or, a, or, or a certain type of target thrown in a way that you've never thrown it before. You kind of bring it back and, and throw it. Um, I, I, me personally, I don't like to beat people with distance or speed. Like to be, li- like to make you miss within thirty yards. Yeah, well, that's most of the time what I do. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, we talked about this uh, last week or week before, whenever it was, and everybody was mentioning the tower shots over there, the tower birds. And, you know, Alex said he had a problem with them, and Kevin and Zach as well. Um, what were they like? What? How many? T- how many towers were there? We had um, how many do you normally have? We had two towers on each main. We had two towers on the fee task and one tower on the five stand. And if you want to see a tower from Forest City, is that eighty-five foot tower set up now? Um, they just came and got it. It's no longer set up. The sixty-foot tower, um, our dove tower, we we use it a lot. They had an eighty. If you go on their Facebook page, uh, Forest City, I guess it's Forest City Gun Club on Facebook. They've got a picture or a video of an 85-foot tower that was, I guess it was thrown at Georgia State. 
Yeah. And Chip over here was on top of that, and he turned around, and you could see the clubhouse from the top of that tower, and it was over a mile away. Is that what you said? Yeah, it, it's nearly a mile away. He drew the short straw between uh, myself and Rick and Joe Skull and uh, Mike Bashaw. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm out on getting up there. And and he enjoyed it once he got up there. We actually had to holler at him a couple of times to uh, get him to set the target the way we wanted to. Well, the problem with me and you getting on top of that is it's probably a weight limit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had to and, put the lightest guy up there. And Chip probably weighs, what do you weigh, Chip, 30 pounds? Give or take. <laughs> we ordered a pizza tonight. <laughs> and me and Zach ate a couple pieces and Chip ate the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, this man goes through about six pizzas a week. Six? Are you kidding? Uh, no, he's not, honestly. He's not kidding? No, he's you not You eat kidding. six pizzas a week? Give or take six a week. What else? I mean, what? you eat anything else? Oh, yeah. Just... So that's the appetizer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I guess you order pizza. I do. Yeah, Papa John's, man. They know him by first name, and he's priority. They pull up, and they, they, uh, they hand me the pizza, and they go, we'll see you next time, or we'll see, we'll see you tomorrow. They'll say that. Are you kidding me? No, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> Okay, that's a first for me. <laughs> so uh, you got you got the, the Southeast Regional coming up, and a lot of big names are going to be there. Yeah, you've got almost a full a full house. Yeah, I mean, yeah. do you have any spots left available? Um, from the looks of registration, we still have about fifty spots left in the main event. Uh, Fetask is the only full event right now. Waiting list um, is getting rather deep. But as far as anything else, uh, there's still availability. Sign up. How many people already signed up? Um, 730 right now. For the whole thing? For overall, yeah. I think we have just under 660 in the main. Who's coming that you know of? Well, all right, let me ask you this. Will the real Zach be there? The real Zach has signed up and supposedly doing lessons afterwards as well. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the real Zach. Oh, the real Zach will be there. Zach Keenbaum. Yeah, I'm well, not the real Zach. Oh, all right. Well, let's let's talk about this a minute because the first time I heard your name, I was like, I wonder where you know where that name came from. Where did your last name? Where did it come from? Mom and Dad always told me Germany. Germany. Yeah. I just figured it was. It don't sound like a German name. No. Everybody else thinks. I'm well, let me from, ask you. Uh, from where? Down south. <laughs> so let me ask you this: Where where is Zach Keenbaum? You know where he's from? You know, I always thought he was Native American, and he started doing uh, giving lessons at the club. And, and then, did, uh, did that change? Well, I asked him, and uh, he shocked me. He told me he was Spanish. <laughs> Are you serious? That's what he told me. What did he tell you? He told me he was Hawaiian. Yeah. I, I think I nailed it on the head with the Native American. Ah, so that's the real... That's where he's from. That's where the nationality he is. Yeah. So he's a Native American that lived in California. That's why he can shoot so well. Why? Because the Indians shot everything with bow and arrow. Can he shoot a bow and arrow? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Chip's laughing. <laughs> so uh, Zach, he you know he stopped by here a few times, and if he's giving lessons at Forest City, let me tell you something. You need to go go ahead and get on the schedule. How, do they call you? Uh, yeah. Just call Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Don't call Zach Keenbaum. Call Zach from Forest City. And Forest City Zach. Forest City Zach, and 
get on Zach Keenbaum's schedule, definitely for coaching. I know that I've taken a lesson from him or two, and it was sure worth my time. I think – didn't you say, Chip, you took a lesson from him? I did. I and did. Desi, right? And Desi. And it was, it was well worth the time. Yeah, I mean, it's – He didn't pay for it. I paid for it. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's money well spent, I'm telling you. He will, he will surely show you things that you never thought you would, uh, I guess, see – while you're shooting a shotgun, he is definitely the man. It's it's pretty cool to watch Chip because, you know, he, he works a lot and um, he, he before taking a lesson with Zach and Desi, he was not a very good shot. If there would have been, um, if there would have been a dropping shot, a drop shot tournament, he'd have, he'd have beat everybody. But um when, it, so, when you needed to break the target in the right spot and not the wrong, you know? So you would let all the birds come out and start dropping. <laughs> that's what I tried to Foot do. off the ground. Yeah. It's like, why aren't you shooting? And, and then that, all of a sudden he'd shoot it. And that's the it. ones I can't hit. Yeah. You know, yeah. if they get a foot off the ground, it's over with. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Can you if can you just shoot them when they hit the ground? I wish. <laughs> I really do. So, all right. Uh, target setters for the regionals. Um, we have a pretty good lineup. Um, we have Richard Falds coming in, last week's guest. Uh, he's setting the all of the feed tasks, sub-gauge and, and 12-gauge feed tasks. And he is also setting one of the mains. We also have Rick Hemingway sh- setting a main. Um, we have John Kent setting the sub-gauge again. He set the sub-gauge at the uh, Georgia State sub-gauge super sporting. We have Nick Arnold setting the super sporting um, for this event. Uh, it's a hunter bird. Um, so we won't have the cluster like we did at the Georgia State. There's a cluster? Uh, a little bit. We had people shooting all gauges at one time, and then uh, Super Sporting put a little little bit of wait time on it. Ah, uh, gotcha. So um, what's there to do there? What You know, where do I stay? Um, you know, what's around you? What's around the club? Are you far away from everything? Are you close to everything? We are close to everything. Um we have plenty of restaurants nearby for the shooters that want to get away, but not too far away. The hotels are really close. We're literally within 15 minutes of downtown Savannah, historic Savannah. Um, and about 20, 25 minutes from Tybee Island. Um, so when you're not shooting your rotation, you can just go to the beach. Yeah, absolutely. And, or you can go over to river street and eat. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Or Sandfly. I've been there once. I remember one thing. That's that big tugboat sitting in the middle of the river. Yeah. It's still there. Oh, is it? Yeah. Right next to the Weston. Is that what it is? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Been there once. So when I get there and I pull in the gate, uh, is it pretty self-explanatory what to do? Well, there's only one road going in, but um, we'll have people along the way that will help you get to the right spot. We're also, we'll also have signage telling you where you need to go, where reg- registration is, trailer parking if you're bringing your your side-by-side or golf cart. Um, there'll be plenty of area, and you can leave it overnight before you get to your hotel, drop it off there. We'll take care of it. We're going to have um, overnight security um, to watch the place. Campers? Yeah. Spots available? No. We're booked. Unbelievable. It booked up really quick. What about golf carts? you have those available? Yeah, you can get a you can rent a golf cart through Mid Florida Golf Cart. Um, I suggest doing it before you get there instead of waiting. Is that the same people that did it for the Seminole Cup? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
I remember I went to the Seminole Cup and I did it when I got there. Yeah. But, I mean, I think they'll bring in more. If they they'll they'll bring in extra. Um, they always do a certain percentage, but it's good to go ahead and if you know you're coming, go ahead. Um, I know that they have like a deposit and it says that it's non-refundable. So if you're on the fence, wait, wait until the last minute. Right. So you're not going to run out of cards. Correct. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, as far as side games at the regionals, what are you going to have? We're going to have make a break Longbird for side games. Um, and then we'll also have practice five stand at a, pra- a short little practice course. So let's get back to before we got interrupted with all the Zach jokes. We, I asked you who all was going to show show up or who's registered. Who all who all's coming? Big names. Yeah. Um, I think Gevin signed up. I don't know if David signed up yet. Uh, he said he. I think he said he was going. I have to ask him. There's a lot of big names signed up. There's going to be a lot of people there. Yes, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fun. I mean, the, the I I hate naming out big names because I always forget one, and then that's you. No, no, I wish I was a big name. <laughs> so, I was a big name one time. All right, you were telling me earlier that you the fee test course is going to be set on some new ground that's right. never been shot. Yeah. Now, what is that? Um, so located just on the other side of our property is a game preserve, and we approached them about possibly um, throwing some targets over there. And they were really receptive about it. And so we're going to throw all of the fee task on new ground that's never seen a clay target. Uh, only live birds. That's cool. And Richard's going to set that. Yeah. So that's even more yeah. cool. Yeah. Richard's, uh, you know, he set targets at the U.S. Open. and Really good targets. Yeah. And they everybody that shot it talked about that. So that's good that you got him coming back out there to. Uh, yeah. A lot of our shooters, our, our traveling shooters, um they really wanted to have a richard come over and and set targets especially after the u.s open um and we got on the phone started calling people and and it's going to happen that's cool when is he so how long does it take to set targets for a an event like that it takes a while it does it really does it doesn't it people don't realize how long it actually takes but we're already planning for it and and richard's planning on being there a a week before the tournament actually starts um because he's setting so much um when you when you go to set an event like that i mean what goes into it does do you have to do you draw it out do you just think about it do you stand there and look i mean how does that work a lot of planning a lot of you know watching the sun watching watching everything shot fall um making sure you don't hit somebody on the other side right and logistics is is plays a huge key in it it's a it's a lot of fun it is it's a lot of fun really to lay it out it is all right what about to set it up to set it up i'm talking about drag the traps around that's a lot more fun than breaking it down that's the way it always is. It's always fun going somewhere, but it's never fun coming home. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It set itself up pretty quick, but the breakdown took a long time for the Georgia State. Really? Yeah. That's because everybody was excited. Yeah. And yeah. you had to take it down and you wasn't excited. Yeah. The crew had worked over 100 hours that week, so they were pretty dragging. How many people showed up for that shoot? For the Georgia State, we had just under 550 and uh, like right around 470 in the main. The regionals, the biggest – one you've had the regionals will be the biggest sporting clays event that forest city gun club has ever hosted 
Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, you know, almost eight hundred people. That's that's pretty. That's getting on. That's getting on with it. Yeah. The 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 cool thing about it is that the membership and the board of Forest City, which I don't know if you know this, but the the Forest City doesn't have an owner, one owner. It it's owned by the membership, um, and the board is very excited to have the shoot, and uh, so is the membership. There's several members that'll that'll shoot in it. Probably around thirty or forty. Uh, you was talking earlier. Let's talk about this. Uh, Team USA was over in uh, England. Now they're in France shooting a world fee task. You had one of your members go to England and do well, right? Correct. We had um, a longtime member, Dale Busherlon. Um He placed the silver medal in fee task, bronze in the prelim and in the main. Main, he had to shoot off. And then I believe... That was in Super Senior, and um, Super Senior Team USA was the only team gold. Mm. So he individually gold. Yeah. Well, he no, he he bronzed in two and silvered in the other, but the okay. but okay. the, team, the won team, gold. team won gold. I got you. Correct. So um, if you want to register for the uh, Southeast Regional, you can do that on WinScore online. Uh, the shoot is from uh, September 12th to September 16th. Correct. And if you want to get there the day before and, and practice on the five stand or the or the practice course, come right on. So you sell a card or give them a card, and they go ahead and practice and pay for the targets when they're finished. Yep. So uh, let's talk a little bit about you. I mean, you've you've been shooting for how long? Um, I grew up shooting. I started shooting when I was five years old, but I, competitively, I didn't pull the trigger until I was twenty-two. And how old are you now? Thirty-one. 31. So you haven't been shooting that long. No. It's um, a lot of fun. It's addicting. I'll tell you one thing that's interesting is you now, so if you've been shooting that long, when did you win the national fee task in AA? I won it. How long in, you been shooting? I won it two years ago, 2016 national championship. And what did you shoot? I shot a 98. All right. And you won. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. <laughs> so if you all right, so what'd you shoot the first day? What'd you shoot a hundred? Um, as, as far the, as the targets, you shot a hundred total. Hundred total. Um, I we signed up a little late, and and so we we broke it up, shot fifty targets each day. All right. Um, so what'd you shoot the first day? First day, shot a forty nine out of fifty. I mean, you missed two, so I'm assuming you missed one each day or two. Yeah, one I day missed. Or, I missed one each day. All right. So when you went to when you went to bed that night, were you in the lead? Um, I had a chance to, to win. There was already some big scores posted. I got you. Um, okay. There were some 96s posted. <laughs> so how did that feel? How um, much sleep did you get that night? I didn't get much sleep, no. But the cool thing about it was, and Kevin mentioned something a couple episodes ago about how he shoots better when his wife and kids are there. Right. Or kid. Yeah. Um, And, and my son and my wife were with me, and, and you know they were pulling for me along the way so it helps out if you take your wife i think i might have to take mine now yeah you just got to make sure that there's plenty of things for him to do you know I, yeah i mean i my wife's all about she she don't mind that i shoot at all but i can't get her to go to a shoot because i mean most of the places that you go unlike savannah there's nothing to do is she coming with you to savannah i, I mean i might have to bring her yeah. i mean there's plenty of stuff to do there so you got a credit card yeah just give her that until yeah. until it goes. Uber will come to the gun club. Uber, yeah, I've never used Uber. Yeah, have you used Uber? Um, 
Not in Savannah. Is, well, you said that like it was scary. No, I just don't have to use it. No. I got you. I got you. I'm not going to use I don't think I want to use it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, there's something about getting in somebody else's car that I don't know, you know. You'll, when you get to the gun club and see that bar, you might want to think about Uber. <laughs> yeah, I have to think about that. So, uh, as far as, let's, let's go back to the, the win you had in fee task. Going out there that day, I'm sure it wasn't in your mind that you were going to win. The first day? The first day. Oh, absolutely not. My right. whole goal was to punch out of double A into master. Um, well, you don't hear that a lot. A lot of people don't want to do that. No, no. But it's a goal. It was a goal. You got to set those. You got to have them. You have to. And, you know, I, I guess I set it a little short because yeah. the outcome was a lot better than what my initial goal was. Yeah. I mean, how much closer to 100 do you want to get? That's yeah. pretty good to do that. Anyway, so you go out there not expecting to shoot what you shot. What kind of mindset did you get in the next day? All right, I know that I could win this. There's a possibility that I can win. What kind of mindset did you get in to be able to do that again, just being fairly new to the sport? Really, It really started before I went to bed the, that first day, trying to trying to remember what I did right and and trying to to remember those key points to try and do it again um we luckily when we signed up we drew two really good times to where you didn't have to shoot it first thing in the morning i think the first day we shot at like 10 10 in the morning and the next day was like one in the afternoon um so i think those are pretty good times um i can't shoot early in the morning no no me either it's not that i'm not awake i just can't it's, i don't know yeah so going into the second day we had a pretty big break in between we shot at like an eight o'clock main and i shot really well that day uh or for the main and we had a huge break and uh so i wasn't sure if i was up to par after the big break filling my belly up there at the clubhouse and uh so we we decided to stop by the practice five stand and i didn't miss a single bird at the practice five stand mm. And so we're we're on the way down there, and I tell my wife Sarah, I'm like, I think it's gonna happen. It's it's up up to me to do it, to pull through. But I just can't miss a target. So we go up to the first parkour, parkour one and peg one, and I run the, run the singles, run the first pair, drop the 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 very last bird of that peg, and mm. which put me two targets down. And was able to run the whole thing, the rest of the thing out, the rest of that parkour and, and parkour too. Oh, that was pretty exciting when you were done with that, wasn't it? Yeah, going into that shoot, I never shot a 25 straight in feet task. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, like and I shot two of them. Yeah? Yeah. Did you shoot your hat? No. Yeah, I don't shoot my hat. No, I didn't shoot the hat. It was a lot of fun, though. It so, really was. And I, I, I shot with two other guys from Forest City. And then plus I had my wife and my son Mason there, um, and it, it it just it was it was very cool. And then uh, Colin Davis was shooting with me, um, and he's from he's from Forest City. He's a junior shooter. Um, he shot just just as good, if not better, for his class. Um, he, he ended up shooting a ninety, and those targets they were they were really good targets. Um, and he sh he shot really well, and we we worked together to shoot shoot what we did i don't like uh, shooting with him because he beats me now oh does he yeah 
I thought you wanted to shoot with people better than you. Mm, not when you have influenced in their career. <laughs> well, all right, let's 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 ask Chip this question. So, you're not registered, right? To sh- I mean, you're not a registered shooter. I am not. I've never shot a registered target. I've never shot a registered target. All right, and he helps run a gun club. He Inter- does. Interesting. Yeah. So, are you going to register? Yeah, I'm going to. What's the or what are you going to shoot? What's your what's the first shoot you're going to shoot that's registered? Um, I'm thinking about heading up over to uh, the Backwoods Quail Club this weekend to shoot and uh, beat the heat shoot. Beat the heat. Beat the heat. And you're going to register. I'm going to register. E-class shooter. E-class. Well, he'll be D. New rule, D-class. They start you in D now. Really? Yeah. When they start that? This year, I believe. So there's no more E? No more E. Well, there is E. Right, but so you start in D. All right. And if you don't do well, you go back to E? How does Correct. that work? It's kind of like a penalty class for a beginner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I started in E. Yeah, I started in D. There wasn't an E when I started. Well, it wasn't that long ago. No. Is there still is there hunter class up there? Uh, hunter ca- class has kind of went away. The only place that you really see hunter class is at the turkey shoot. Turkey shoot's coming up. Ship's going. You going to turkey shoot? I will. There's another one. There is. Branching Uh out. Chip, you know, the real Zach, he uh, gave Chip some life when it comes to shooting. And his his older brother, John. Who who did? The real Zach. Oh, the real Zach. Okay. Yeah, he knows. If if he's going to listen tonight, he'll he'll know who who I'm talking about. The real Zach. Zach ever stayed with you before? Not in my house. I won't let him. (laughs) So let's talk about what do you shoot as far as what kind of, what do you use? You, I mean, you, what kind of gun, what kind of shells, or what kind of shot do you prefer? Um, I shoot a, a Kriegoff, just a standard K80 Sporter. Um, purchased it from Kimball, DuPont Kriegoff. Um, I shoot Riley Chokes, Titanium. And I've been shooting the Agula. Really? Yeah. Do y'all sell that at the gun club? We do. How does that shoot? It shoots pretty good. Really? Yeah. What about what about the uh what are you seven and a halves or eights? I'm I'm not a picky shooter. It don't matter to whatever you get your hands on. No. Twelve fifties? Um, I really like the ounce and eight twelve fifty and the and the one ounce twelve seventy five. I think that's what Corey shoots. I think that's what he yeah, shoots. Yeah, Corey and Derek are both shooting those the one ounce um well i think derek shoots the ounce and eighth does he okay yeah. so are you shoot a, you shoot a standard sporter with chokes yeah how often do you find yourself changing the chokes i try not to change them a whole lot the only time i change my chokes is when i go to shoot skeet so what do you keep in there 20s or 15s or what light mod mod and just leave them in there no matter if a rabbit r- runs across or not yeah i Try to play the chuck game sometimes, and it normally just bites me. Yeah. Well, it's just too much. Too it's much a mind to game. About. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just affects your mind the whole way. All right. Well, listen. George Digweed is coming up in just a minute. Absolutely. Have you ever seen – you ever met Digweed? I have only trapped for him at the World English a few years ago in San Antonio when I was still in college, and he ran my station. That's all I know about him. Other than that Did- he's a really good shot, and he's got really good valid – tips that he has online all right did he win the shoot uh yeah 
I don't. I mean, I don't know if he's what a ton of world titles. Forty plus. Yeah, I mean, just if the you, man. If you want to watch something pretty cool, get online and watch on YouTube and watch George Digweed shoot that long bird, whatever. He like keeps backing up. Yeah, crowd yeah. has to move. Yeah, you know. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting interview. David Radulovich was over there and got a. Uh, a good, a pretty good interview with George, and it, it lasted a pretty good while. So uh, we'll get on that next. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Chip, for coming in. Thank you. We're going to move on to Mr. Digweed. So. Uh... First, I'll start off by saying that I'm uh, sitting here with George Digweed at E.J. Churchill uh, for the World Championship, and I'll let him uh, go off and and first uh, introduce himself. George, tell us where you're from, how old are you, how many World Championships do you have? Uh, 54 years old from Sussex, uh, England, 26 World Championships, um, and uh, love the sport that we all love. Yep. And you wouldn't be... You wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't enjoy it. No, no, that's true. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, so you have more world championships open. A lot of people say, well, I have 15 you know, world titles. Are taught. They're including juniors and teams. You have 26 straight up. And I'm not, and I'm, and that doesn't include. I don't, inc- I don't include the world all round. Right. Which got ran twice, um, and I won both of those. Um, I don't include Breta World Championships. Right. I don't include um, Fedicat World Championships. So you got more straight up World Championships than years that I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're also, I think, the only guy to have ever won all three in one year. Am I correct? Oh, without question. Yeah. I'm now, and I'm the only person to have won three World Fitness Championships back to back. That's pretty awesome. Well, so congratulations on all that. Thank it's you. Pretty, it's an honor to sit uh, down and talk to you about uh, this stuff. And you're in the middle of setting targets for the World Championship right now, so I appreciate your time. Uh, look, my pleasure. I mean, to be fair, we've got to Saturday now, and most of it's most of it's under control. Um, I've just got back now from setting the World Championship final awesome. tomorrow night, which will be in front of the main house, awesome um, West Wickham House, which we're you know very privileged to have. Uh, the owner of EJ Churchill is uh, Sir Edward Dashwood, mm-hmm. and we're very privileged that he allows us the opportunity of uh, shooting in front of the main house tomorrow night, which is a an amazing backdrop that is yeah. very difficult to beat anywhere in the world. That's that beautiful estate that you see in all the pictures, right? Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm excited for that. Hopefully, I get a chance to shoot in it. Yeah, I'm a, I got to put up a big, big one day tomorrow. tomorrow. You yeah. have a big day tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, anyway, so um, I guess to start things off, I tried this with the last interview. But is there anything that uh, you could tell us that people don't wouldn't know about you? Um, possibly not. Um, I, I, I never started I've never shot as in shooting has never been a career all my life mm-hmm. um, our initial family business was butchery mm-hmm. um, so I started working in the shop at seven years of age wrapping meat and cutting meat and making sausages and that sort of thing um, became a, an accomplished butcher which is my trade Yeah, uh, and I packed that up in um 1993 I lost my grandfather and my father in in the same year 
and um, you know they were an integral part of the business and the family, mm -hmm. which left mother and myself. And uh, we decided in '93, we lost them in '92, and, and we decided in '93 that you know she could do with some time, having worked in there all her life from a small child. Um, so uh, we packed the business up. I tried to make a living out of shooting, and I suppose the rest is history. Really. Yeah, I think you did a pretty good job at that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. The uh, I knew you were a butcher by trade, uh, so that, that's uh, probably something a lot of people don't know, though. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, the uh, so that answer, my next question was going to be what who what were you and who were you before you were a competitive shooter? Well, as I say, we, yeah. we were we were a family butcher's business. The butcher's business was established in 1860, so it was. Wow. It was uh, it was wow. quite an old established business, and I felt very sorry that being the next in line to continue it and take it on that I stopped it. But '93 was at the advent of supermarkets or large grocery stores, mm -hmm. as you'd say, and mm -hmm. and everything was under artificial light, and we used to be a traditional butchers that hung meat, um, so it was always off colour, but it tasted really good. Yeah, better probably. Um, and, uh, and and people would come in and. And look at the artificially coloured light and, and yeah. perhaps water injected meat and yeah. that sort of thing it was very bright. And uh, you know, they, they started heading towards the supermarkets. So I can't say that I, I, I saw the writing on the on the wall, but but without question the, the decline of the family business was had started. And in fact it's now gone full circle and, and you know, good established family businesses in the countryside now over here mm -hmm. are are very very, you know, profitable. They're yeah. thriving business, and um, I think with the advent of traceability and people wanting, um, you know, a, an accountability for where their products and produce that they're buying for their for their food comes comes from. You know, a local family business gives you that traceability. They can say, I bought it from. I bought the animal from old Joe down the road who's been farming five generations and uh, and, and people can relate to that. So yeah. I think, you know, that's actually come full circle. But, I mean, whilst I shoot and, and, and it appears that um, I'm always shooting during the summer, you know, that's not my core business. My core business is, uh, is game shooting. Yeah. Um, and Kate and I run um, three commercial shoots mm -hmm. on the Kent-Sussex border. Um, and I literally only shoot clays perhaps six and a half, seven months of the year. Cool. Yeah, I, I've heard that your shoots are pretty pretty awesome and well attended. Uh, yeah, well, look, look you know, uh, I, I'm a big believer in we don't advertise, and I'm a big believer in if you've got a core market and the core market is happy and you offer good value for money and a good yeah. service, they'll keep coming back. People will come, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So ha were you into a lot of game shooting before clay targets is that what brought you into the sport or um we used to sell rabbits and pigeons and and pheasants and everything in the butcher shop so mm -hmm. so the countryside has always been an integral part and i used to go out um shooting rabbits at night with a rifle and selling them in the shop to make money to buy cartridges at the weekend to go clay shooting so <laughs> it's a you know it's a it's not a it's not as was quoted recently a um a silver spoon scenario it's, yeah. it was hand to mouth and, yeah and i think uh a lot of people who've had it hand to mouth understand pressure and, yes. and understand an ability to 
yeah. to have to do things to get to where you are. Yeah, I think if you look at a lot of the, I mean, in this game, you're the guy uh, in, in other sports, look at the top athlete in the history of the game, and, and a lot of those guys never really had it easy. I was just talking about how, you know, a lot of the guys at the top of the game, uh, you know, they didn't have an easy path to get there. Yeah, no, and and I think that's what builds you into, you know, the different life experiences that you have become a part of you. And then when you when you get into a situation where you have to perform, you know, there's a, I think it's a Lee, Lee Trevino, the golfer. Uh, there's some f- funny, famous quotes from him about how, you know, pressure isn't putting for an Open Championship or, or a Masters Cup. The pressure is when you got a bet for $100 on the line and you only got $5 in your pocket. Absolutely. You know, and uh, so and, and those types of experiences build champions. Uh, so that's interesting. That's cool. Um, so. Uh, you back on. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Um, so I want to, because you won so many I think it's pretty cool I want to talk a little bit about the world championships that you've won and everything do you remember when if you ask me if I remember what it was like when I won the world championship it's easy because I only won one but do you remember what it was like for you the first first, (laughs) (laughs) it's easy for me but when Um, you won your first one do you remember what it was like yeah it was yeah I do Uh, I had to shoot off um, uh, with it was a, it was a, one of the first ever events that had a had a super final, uh-huh. um, and it was nineteen eighty eight at Hodnet mm-hmm. World English Sporting Championship, mm-hmm. and um, I knew that I had to get to the last stand. I, I, I knew that when I got to the last stand, um, I had to shoot seven out of ten to win the world championship. So six to tie, seven to win. Which, and they weren't a particularly easy pair. Yeah. At the time, it was uh, Di Jones, who's Tom's father, who runs Hodnet now. Okay. Um, was uh, was in the chair, and um, he never set uh, what we would call gimme targets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember it. I remember it well. Carl Bloxham had shot in front of me, um, and that was the score I had to shoot to win it. And uh, I think from memory, well, it's slightly blurred after I shot. I got once I got to six. I've got a feeling I shot the first six straight, and then I knew that I needed one of four. One out of the last two pairs. Yeah. So I think I, I from from memory I shot eight. Mm-hmm. I shot one of each pair, but it yeah it sort of didn't really matter at that point. Right. So. I. Uh... Are you the kind of guy that likes to know what you have to what you have to do? Or? I don't mind either way, really. Yeah. I don't mind either way. I think I think with the advent of social media and and everything else becoming so much more part of everything that's done. Yeah. I think that uh, if you try and lock yourself away and pretend that you're not going to find out any scores or what's going on, yeah. Then I think you're probably headed for a uh, disaster uh, well a problem anyway <laughs> because I'm sure that you know people people post stuff in, in all sorts of different bits and pieces so if you're going to look over a four day event not to look anywhere where you think you might get scores you won't do very much mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, I think with that for me when I first started I kind of liked to seclude myself I didn't like to know scores but then you got to get to a point where you know it was impossible to avoid them, and then I found out what it's like to know them, and 
uh, I, sometimes it helps, I think, to know. I like, I like that added. The biggest thing that I struggle with in my game is, and this is one thing that is going to lead me into another question for you, um, is it's hard for me to turn it on if I don't really want it, you know, or if there's not something really on the line. Uh, and, and that's so different for me it's interpretive you know so like it might be a world championship but there's just something something about it I just don't care that much and uh, I don't know why that is and if I do maybe I'll you know it will improve myself as a shooter but yeah I think it's life or you think it uh, yeah I think it's life but um, I've always been uh, I've always been a big person that has has prided myself on the fact that you're only as good as your last result yes yeah and um You've got to remember that 1988 is 30 years ago. Yeah. So I've had people chasing me for 30 years. You're right. not even 30 years of age yet. Right. So <laughs> you've got a bit to come yet. Yeah. So, you know, for me, for me, you know, for a long period of time, I've been the person that they want to knock off the pack. Right. Um, and I appreciate that that comes with its own territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to learn to live and deal with that territory right um does that does that push you to continue on or is for you is it 100 percent? i think i think look throughout life one of the the worst things in life is jealousy yeah oh yeah and after an extended period of time the amount of jealous people that there are right increases right because at the end of the day they all want Especially in British culture, they all want the underdog to f- succeed and the and the person who's at the top to fail. Mm-hmm. And as that extends itself, and you you know you keep winning, that can only get worse and worse. So, right. Um, you know, I, I've enjoyed that challenge and it's amused me. Um, <laughs> as as the as as you know the challenge this week is, um, you know, I see a lot of people that I see a lot of people that may think they're slightly better than they are yeah um, and I think that uh, I think that shooting weaker targets um, perhaps um, gives them a full sense of security absolutely um, and you know I just I had it in my mind and, and luckily Rob gave me the opportunity Rob and Sir Edward gave me the opportunity here at um, EJ Churchill to to go with what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. and everybody's you know with the course design everybody is entitled to their own view on it yeah and look it's the first one I've set as a world championship um, this is my view on how I would like to shoot a world championship yep because I believe this will throw up the best shot mm-hmm. because technically he's gone through every target everything yeah from driven to overhead to below your feet to above you up in the air crossing quartering diving below you dropping mm-hmm. off a tower every single target you can think of yeah he will have shot yep. so it is a true test mm-hmm. of shooting ability and a true test of mental concentration yes. yeah and an ability to read targets now all it's done in the early part of the week when people were turning up expecting to shoot 94, 95, 96, 97 is fuel the appetite for you know jealousy and character assassination right and of course of course I would I would you know 
the the criticism everybody's entitled to their own opinion and still are mm-hmm. and what I'm saying to you doesn't mean my opinion's right but everybody's entitled to their own if they've been given it they're entitled to their own um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for they're entitled to their own interpretation on how they yeah. want to set the targets oh yeah yeah and this is how I want to set my targets yes and if you don't like it that's fine but but if you're going to criticise yeah. do it in a constructive way yes now I appreciate out there today and, and I know that you you had it a little bit as well mm-hmm. uh, with regards to the target shimmering mm-hmm. and we we are in an amazing week of wall to wall sunshine you wouldn't have seen a cloud since you've been in England. No, I have not. I can um, vouch for that. <laughs> and it is it is extraordinary. Yeah. I'm not saying that I set the targets for a cloudy week. Yeah. Because, you know, that's we've been looking at the weather forecast continuously for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew it was coming. We have set targets at 9 o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and 5 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. to give everybody a fair shout. Yeah. And we've gone through colour schemes at all of those times mm-hmm. and we've written it down and we've we've paid every attention to detail yep. that I would have expected from someone that knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. The targets you are shooting at the moment, you can see all day. Some of them you might not be able to see very well at certain times, right. but you can see them all day. Yeah. The other colour schemes that I've put on... Certain times of the day. Certain times of the day, you cannot see them at all. Yep. So, for all these people turning around and saying, I ought to put on a such and such a target, and I ought to put on a such and such a target, believe me... Yeah, you tried them all. I've tried them all, <laughs> and these work well all day. Yeah. And I'm running a shoot for six days, yeah. from nine in the morning until six at night, mm-hmm. which is a massive ask. Yeah. It's a massive ask... On, yeah, no, no, it's a massive ask on um, attention to detail with regards to targets, as in not in the wind, not in the sun. Right. You can imagine how much the sun moves in that time. Mm-hmm. You haven't shot a single target, nor will you shoot a single target in the sun. Yeah. Um, targets being thrown a long way in the wind. Wind can vary all week. Wind can change direction all week. Mm-hmm. Those targets have to remain the same. Mm-hmm. All of these targets are at three-quarter pace, which gives us quarter spring if we need it yeah. to punch it into the wind the to wind, make yeah. that same target. Well, I can. Let's talk about targets. But I was gonna. I wanted to save it later on. I wanted to end on that, but but you brought it up, so let's hit on it. Uh, so first off, for I just got off your course. I shot at eighty-six. Not happy with it, but I, I before. We never talked about anything, and I told you a 94 was the score on that course, and you agreed. And uh, uh, and that's what I saw should be shot on that course, on the blue course. You'd have to be um, right on your game. You'd gun. have to, yeah, that's a you'd flawless have to round. you right on your Flawless gun. round. Um, and it, it could be done, but it's that's what you need. Uh, you know, that's a perfect round there. For me, in terms of visibility, I'm colorblind. So... I have the worst advantage in terms of seeing targets uh, that I have got the worst thing to deal with. There was not a single target today that I struggled with to see. Uh, There's different stuff. You know, here we have blue targets, pink targets, white targets, green targets. Over in the U.S., we shoot uh, shoot orange and black. 
Uh, so it's different, but there's, like you said, there's nothing that I struggled with to see. And, and there's stuff, I mean, sometimes on courses I have to shoot at movement because my eyes, I don't see the difference in, in colors. And, and I thought that that was not a problem at all. And all those, and so you're talking about the colorblind guy running all the stations that technically you could have any visibility problems with. So I don't think that was an issue. I thought personally, um, I think that a lot of times, and like you, I'll rephrase it a little bit and I, I can probably be a little bit more blunt, but, uh, ego really gets into people's opinions on, on their assessment of courses. And, uh, I believe that if you're the purest form of shooting is egoless. And, uh, if you approach a course, stay present, don't have any ego in the, in the, in the round, that's how you're going to bring up the best. That's how you're going to fight every target every time, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, uh, I think that once you start losing presence, bringing ego into it, comparing your score for what you think you should have, you know, self image, in my opinion, it, who cares, you know? And, uh, so I think that, in my opinion, for a world champ, this is a world championship. You know, this is the pinnacle of our game, this sport. And the, I've always said high score for a world championship should be a 91. And what's it sitting at right now? 92, basically. A 91, 92. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's a world championship. Of course, you signed up. You sign up to shoot a world championship. You should expect world championship targets. My, my agreement, exactly. But there are there are... That's why I'm lucky in the fact that that's awesome. Rob yeah, exactly. gave me yeah. the opportunity of putting yeah. on my yeah. set. And not only are you lucky, but as a competitor, we're lucky because we get to shoot that. Absolutely. You know? but, but from a commercial point of view, right. from a commercial point of view, if you want to encourage people just to come through the door, yeah. then you're not going to set those type of targets Correct. because not everybody is sadomasochistical and wants to get beaten up every week. <laughs> right. You know, so... Yeah. So you know, it's, you can look at it in look at it however many ways you want. The reality is that that they've given me a a remit, which is we want the targets to to be yeah. befitting a world championship. Yes. And in befitting a world championship, you have got world championship level targets. Mm -hmm. And I'm incredibly happy that they've given me the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And who who better to assess that than you? You've won more than anybody else. You you know. Yeah. Look and and. And I've been to world championships all over the world. All over the world, yeah. I've seen them all over the world. I've attended, I've shot. Um, and it's not just about targets. Mm -mm. It's not just about targets. It's attention to detail. Yeah. You haven't seen a piece of litter anywhere no. on the ground today. No. It, everywhere's mown paddocks. You yeah. Can, you can look for miles at rolling English countryside, not see a house. I saw a lady uh, on the front lawn about 30, 40 minutes ago, changing the placement of the chairs by centimeters up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that attention to detail, um, the tented village. Yeah. You know. The, yeah, the, how cool the, was that? That was neat. The, you know, street food. Yeah. You've got the car parking and the, and the car transportation. Yeah. Everything's been running. 15 minutes ahead of time the layouts have been running 15 minutes ahead of time uh, yeah you yeah and, 20 minutes ahead of time maybe and it takes it takes yesterday the first layout started at nine o'clock mm -hmm. 
That's nearly a mile long, that layout. Yeah. But it's all downhill, so I planned it all that it would be downhill. Everything's downhill. It's nearly a mile long. You walk the course, and they still finished in an hour and 55 minutes. Squad. <laughs> first yeah. squad. Yeah. That's good. So, you know... Attention to detail. Attention yeah. to detail for the whole shoot. No matter what discipline you've shot, where you've been on the layout, yeah. it's been clean, it's been tidy. Mm-hmm. Um but, and you know all those people that you're seeing out there don't leave until 10 o'clock at night and every single one of them and I can vouch for this is near at 6 o'clock in the morning yeah well there's a reason this is the third time this shoot's been here in a row yeah and they're getting the world feet test next year I believe right yeah we're, we're yeah. hosting the world feet test yeah. next year so so that, so that tells you you know yeah, what yeah. I mean it, when a club puts together a perfect you know presentation of what it should be attention to detail everything runs smoothly they, they get rewarded by getting more shoots uh, it's been pretty good. All right, let, let me ask you a few more questions. How are we on time? Are you? Still I'm good? fine. Okay. All right, so we talked about some, uh, you know, world level targets. I want to know what you think uh, it takes to be a world level competitor in this game, and is it different than every other game? As in, when you say English sporting, I just mean in, in clay target shooting. What do you? Well, in English sporting or or sporting feet task. Uh, for the American listeners, uh, what what do you think it takes, both mentally, technically, physically, whatever you want? Uh, what what does it take to be a world level competitor? Well, you don't have to look like Usain Bolt from start. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, so, I look when we, you know, in all all competitions are exactly the same. Yeah. Um, the depth of the poo you're in. Yeah varies yeah and normally it's deeper in a world championship (laughs) right so you just have to dig a bit quicker to get out of it (laughs) Um, the reality is as long as your technique is sound Mm -hmm. and you shoot the targets in a competition as you would in practice Uh there's nothing to go wrong right the reality is getting to that happy medium yeah is very difficult yes yeah so you have to you have to make sure whatever you do, your technique is sound. Mm-hmm. That is the, whatever technique you choose, that has got to be 100% right. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, um, you've got to be mentally fit. You've got to have good eyesight. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anybody says. If you look at the best in any sport, your Jordan Spieths, your Rory McElroy's, your Roger, Roger Federer's, your Sebastian Vettel's, mm-hmm. whatever sport you're thinking about, the best at those sports always appear to have twice as much time as anybody else. Yeah. And my belief is that their eyes are taking so many much, so many more pictures. Yep. And the pictures are computing to the brain that much quicker. Everything looks slower. Everything looks yeah. slower. So they have the ability. They trust their technique. Mm-hmm. They get their feet into position. Most clays are missed by two feet, and it's not the two feet in the sky. Yeah. It's the two feet underneath them. Yeah. Because they don't get their feet right. Well, I noticed in these this course I shot today that there I'm normally really good with that. Man, you had me second guessing. I was like, I don't know where to put my feet. <laughs> Absolutely. So many times. And some and certain targets you have to change. You have to. Yeah. And if you don't change, your history. Too much tension builds up in the shot. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a whole host of things, there's a whole host of things that you need to do. 
Um, and the other thing is you've got to win. Mm-hmm. You've got to win. I was just going to get to that. I was going to say, how much of the mental aspect of the game do you think is learned through failure or experience versus how much can be learned by reading a book or listening to you talk? Uh, I don't think, I don't think um, any true winner just goes from... Zero hero to, to hero yep. and remains hero. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I don't, it takes years. You know, and and I think the 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 people that actually start believing that they're hero mm-hmm. are the ones that are in the most trouble. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 look at in our game the guys that talk about you know how, how good they are, you know, how, the level of sure that they are and they're generally the first person mentally to go. You know, it's uh, the you have it's uh, I, the confidence is a weird thing in our game. It's it can never be external. It's uh, it, you can look at the people who have true internal confidence in their in their self, where ego doesn't matter, their their round doesn't matter. Uh, they you know it, it's so so much a belief in the shot, and you know that you've done the right things all the way up until that point. A really interesting thing that happened to me, and uh, this totally just popped in my head last minute. But for the world championship last year in um, Budapest, uh, I got everything was last minute for me. I got there real late and wasn't really planning on shooting that well. Come Saturday, I'm at dinner. I look at the scores, and I have a two bird lead, and. I wasn't nervous going into Sunday, but I was like, you know, like when you're a little kid and Christmas is the next day and you get really excited and you can't go to sleep. That's how I felt, you know, and it was like a, it was a, an excited nervousness all the way up until I'm driving to the club, get to the course and I'm on the first parkour, first peg of the first parkour. And then I started shaking. I was getting nervous. As soon as I stepped into the peg, it was like someone just lifted all the weight off my shoulders. And but I you did, can't train that. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say was if I spent my whole life working for what I do in that hoop, you know, uh, not for what goes on in between. And that, I think, is uh, that, was, that was a learning experience for me because I learned how much you have to trust it. You know, but uh, but no, I think you're right. I, I think that, you know, in America, we have a lot of people that think that they can get good quick by watching DVDs or reading books or something about the mental game. And, and in my experience, and, and I want and that's why I wanted to bring it up with you, uh, is that that's never something that you can just pay somebody $50 for and they can tell you the answers. I, 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 I totally agree with you. I don't believe that you can pay for mental experience. No. But I also don't believe that when you've got the mental experience you can get to the karma level yeah as in k-a-r-m-a <laughs> yeah rather than yes c-a-l yeah um i don't believe you can get there every time i yeah it's and it, and some days it'll work yeah with you and some days you'll be so nervous you can't put the cartridges in the gun and why do you think that is because I have no idea I I think that's just a a natural and and that's why the expression was born sport is a great leveller yeah because it is yeah and you can be Roger Federer and playing your semi-final at Wimbledon against an unseeded person right and if that unseeded person has a great 40 minutes you're history yeah (laughs) and and that is sport is a great leveller yeah and we go out there 
we go out there and you might need 48 to win on the last day mm-hmm. and you know and I, I I would I would harp completely the opposite way to you on a story that I would tell uh-huh. is of I can't remember what year it was um, but we were shooting in the Czech Republic uh-huh. Connor Peast World Championships might have even been sort of 2008 2009 I think that's about what it is yeah. something like mm-hmm. that um, and uh, it was the year of the hard target. Yeah, you could stand the, on and they wouldn't Laporte break. The port targets got baked in the got baked in the sun, uh, and you know you couldn't break them, etc., etc., etc. And I sat in a an outside um, pavilion type shooting lodge over on one of the layouts on the last day knowing that if I shot 19 I would tie to win the world championship 20 to win it uh-huh. and as far as I was concerned I'm not saying the thought of the loss never entered my head right? but because I was probably far enough in front that I didn't need to worry too much yeah don't get me wrong, it wasn't a gimme layout. Right. But I didn't need to worry too much. When I actually got to the peg, I couldn't get up for the fight. Mm-hmm. There was just nothing there. Yep. And I finished up shooting 17 and lost it. Yeah. So, I, I don't that think feeling. you can ever turn it off and turn it on. Yeah. And I think, and I think that your build-up has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably in your case, if you looked two days before, yeah, and seen that you were leading by two two days before, yeah, last mm. year may never have happened. Yeah, but as they say, the rest is history. Right. You finished it off, right, and you joined a very elite club, right. So, being the person that has more experience in this position as, than anybody else, and for doing it as long as you have, uh. A lot of people think that if you if you're strong mentally, and around that, you never you never get those thoughts in your head in the middle of the round like oh you know I could miss one here and you know, they think that you can totally 100% consciously control your thought process throughout the round and influence a a, pot, a, a good round. In my experience, the the good competitors understand that those thoughts will come in their head and they just kind of let them go. Uh, I think it's an ability to manage it. Yeah, exactly. But it's not. But it is, I think uh, sometimes, as I've just said to you, yeah, it following just, on from that conversation, right, an ability to manage and harness panic, yeah, sometimes is better than total calmness. Yeah, exactly. Because and you can look at some guys that actually will perform better when they do have that internal chaos going on. But it, but know. it's but uh, I don't think you ever get to the stage of internal chaos. At the end of the day, <laughs> what we've got to remember is we're shooting to clay targets. Yeah, exactly. It's not a matter of life and death. No, no. But to um, some guys it is. Yeah, as well as a famous uh, Bill Shankly quote, and I'm not sure too many. I'm mean, bearing in mind that your your listener base will probably be more American than right. than European shooters. And Bill Shankly was a a very famous football manager from England who mm-hmm. managed a, a famous football club called Liverpool. Yeah. And when when questioned one day, he said, "What you've got to understand, um, 
for our supporters, football's not a matter of life or death. Right. It's more important than that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I've and heard that before. And it's a great quote. Yeah, it stuck. is. Yeah. And um, but but you know when you go shooting, you know, you haven't got family members here. Or you haven't got. Right. You haven't got. You don't know. You know. You haven't got a not got a job. Or you're going shooting. Yeah. To break clay targets. Yeah. Let's get real over this. Right. And it is a sport, and it's a fierce competition, and it's international. And I've had the opportunity of travelling the world, mm-hmm. um, competing in a sport that I love. Um, but I don't lose sight of the fact that it is just a sport. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's a great, it's a huge amount of fun. Yeah. But it's not a matter of life or death. Right. Yeah. And I think, and I think one or two others need to take a closer look at that. Yes. I can tell you my best rounds have been when I've just so thoroughly enjoyed the day. You know, you just, I get done with the round like, man, that was fun. What did I shoot? Yeah. I'll take that as a personal (laughs) insult. (laughs) No, no. That's why I don't know how many times you, how many stations you watched me today. But did you, other than one, and it was a, it was a mistake on my end, but I mean, the, a station I dropped five birds on, another station I dropped three birds on, turn around with a smile on my face. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. The world championship. Because I, I was enjoying it. And, and, I, and, I, and I did thank you uh, for that course. And I, I, I enjoy a, a set of targets that makes you work for the whole round. And it should do. Yes. In a world championship. Yes. Perhaps not so much in a club shoot. Well, yeah. But we are looking at levels. Yeah. And and not 1,500 people or 1,600 people who come to this yeah. are going to travel over here for a club shoot. Right. So, you know, let's get real. Yeah. This is what they've come for. Yeah. And that's what they've got. And, you know, we come back to you next year. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think whoever sets next year thinks... Yeah, a little bit more. Yep. About what they're doing. I think it will be good. We next year we'll be at Northbrook in Chicago, and uh, they set some good targets there. And and hopefully this this creates a trend. You know, I I would love for this level of course to continue on at the World Championship. I don't want to come here and it be skate in the woods. Oh no no no! Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, but there is an mm-hmm. element of you know the setting good targets. And they're setting eyesight tests and beating yes, people with yes. distance and, and everything else. None of those targets you've shot out there no. have beaten people with distance. No. And if you go through that master sheet, every stand has been straightened. Mm-hmm. But it's doing it all the time, stand after stand, for 14 stands. Right. Like you said earlier, <clears throat> that that course will really test somebody. That ha- You have to have a complete game. Yeah. You know, because there were even some of the shots. Some people, well, why would he set something like that? You know, the, the little real quick shondells, or you, where it's a short window, not fast, and and really no straight line. I mean, that you have to have a, a considerably good amount of control of the gun to be able to hit that consistently. Absolutely, and that's not a, a, an easy shot. And I didn't shot. come and watch you guys shoot it, but yeah. the squad shot it. Yeah. And I know for a fact that two missed a target on that stand in the squad. Yeah. Now you shouldn't miss that. But. Right. No. No, if you if you have good control, if you can, you know, control your physical, you know, if you can if you can finesse the gun, like you should be able to if you're at this level, you know, then you shouldn't miss that target. Yeah. Yeah. So the last thing I want to ask you, because uh, I know you got to go, is um, uh, we covered the target setting and everything, but um, 
what do you think uh, well actually well, we got two questions here from listeners that uh, that they would like to hear you answer um, first one is from Brian Fitch he says my 14 year old shooter loves the sport and is showing potential should he have more lessons with the coach or shoot more tournaments he wants to go to the next level um, I think that your coach is not going to be there if you go to the next if you want to get to the next level and you go to a tournament you get in the shoot off you can't turn around and look at your coach yeah because they ain't going to be there right there's no one on your shoulder so I totally agree with the fact that people should be coached mm-hmm. and they can be coached to a certain level mm-hmm. but then once you attain that certain level don't rely on your coach yeah you've got to rely on your own ability to read a target mm-hmm. because all of a sudden you'll get into a pressure situation and you'll need to rely on something. Right. And if you're relying on the person that's looking over your shoulder and they ain't there, you're in trouble. Yeah. So for me, I would I would probably work on the fact of, um, you know, the, the, the reality with coaches is that most of the coaches tell you uh, enough to keep you coming back. Yeah. And and I and I totally agree with that. It's a business, um, and everybody you know needs to be part of that business. But I would rather my coach instead of having six lessons, I would rather have three lessons with a coach. Mm-hmm. They told me everything. Mm-hmm. I paid them for six, and then in six months' time, I went back and did a refresher. Yeah. But in the meantime, I worked hard myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, how I was, and I, and I think that that's a massive, massive thing because you've got you're then given a technique. Yeah, you've got a technique. You know how to do everything. Go and do it, and and if he wants to, whoever the you know the the pupil is, the fourteen year old pupil is, if they want to get to the next level, the only way they're going to do it is be honest with themselves. Yeah, because so many people when they miss a target blame something else something else yeah and there's only one person to blame and that's themselves because a gun and a cartridge will always be far more right. accurate than we will be right yeah the uh, I, I was that would be my answer too I think that you you should get coached to a level but I think that if you want to improve you want to take it to the next level you have to study yourself and you have to study your performances and and learn from that every round I, I have a I do a thing where I have a, a, a book that I write down I pick one Mistake that I made for every tournament, and I write it down in that book. And I go back and I try to work on those things. And my goal is to never have to write down the same thing twice in that book. Well, you I know, my book would look like a encyclopedia. <laughs> Mine too. I've I've gone through a few books at this point, <laughs> but but with the same you know same same idea you yeah. know. Um, all right, so let's. Uh, do you have time for one more question? Yeah, no problem. Okay. Um, Let's do this. Uh, Matt Rainey says, "How do you stay mentally focused on a target when shooting a bad round, or knowing you are about to shoot a tough set of targets?" Uh, and I have a note here to bring up a story about something that I heard about you that I want to ask you. So there's this infamous story that uh, you were somewhere at a shoot. I don't know if it was a big one or a small one, and you're walking out to the course, and somebody said, "Well, George, uh, you." <laughs> I see you smiling now. He goes, well, George, you're going to have to put up a good one today. So-and-so just shot 100 straight. And you said, your response was, well, it looks like there'll be a shoot-off. And then you went out and shot 100 straight. 
Is that true? That is true. <laughs> that first off, that's pretty say, awesome. I would love to say it's not, but it is actually <laughs> yeah. true. And it's and it's a current shooter, and yeah. he would he would he would smile and chuckle about it as well. <laughs> Because I went to a Premier League event at the West London Shooting Ground, which is just down the road from here, yeah. which you were at the other day, because yeah. I saw pictures of you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to a Premier League event. I'd been coaching here all morning, mm-hmm. and I got done in time, and they said, you ought to slip down to the Premier League. I hadn't even thought about going. And I went down there, and as I pulled into the car park, someone leant in the window and went, oh, 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 oh. you're going to have to, uh, you're gonna have to go some day. Miles and Myers has just shot 100 straight. I said, oh, well, I bet he hope he stays for the shoot-off. <laughs> and then I went out and shot 100 straight and beat him in the shoot-off. Now, That's look, awesome. you're not going to do that all the time. Right. But, but you know, sometimes... Yeah. But if you shoot enough... Yeah. And you do enough of it... Yeah. You're going to get some yeah. good stories. If yeah. you've got time for stories, I can tell you yeah. some stories. Me. I love to sit down and hear yeah. stories. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, so... And, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know... I know that you're you're starting to get a bit of a following on this, and, yeah. and there's a bit of fun. And if people have got questions that they want to ask, yeah, I'm sure you'll be out in France. Mm-hmm. If you want half an hour and go through a few questions on there, I would love that. Yeah, that would be cool. All right. Well, so well. First off, thank you, George. And then I guess to finish this one up, uh, why don't you just tell us real quick about uh, what gun do you shoot, what ammo do you shoot, uh, if you want to mention anything else like that. Um, yeah, look, I shoot a Parazzi, mm-hmm. which is you know, but I, I'm not, and this is, and this is one of my, one of my sort of petty gripes with uh-huh. everything, is that sponsorship is a two-way street. Yes, um, but your two-way street should not come from can you give me a gun? Can you give me cartridges? Because every three minutes I'm going to post it, a picture of it on yeah. Facebook and yeah. social media and tell everybody how good it is right. when I've shot 61. Right. So the reality <laughs> is, the reality is that I think you let your product do the talking. Do the talking, yeah. And people will go and look at what product you're using. Mm-hmm. I shoot a product, so I shoot Game Ball. I've got a host of other sponsors, mm-hmm. um, and I wouldn't have those sponsors if, one, I didn't believe in the product, yeah. and two, they didn't believe in me. Yeah. And pretty much everybody knows what my sponsors are, you know, and I don't blast it mm-hmm. every now and again. A nice thank you doesn't hurt. Yeah. However, I'm not pushing it down everybody's throat all yeah. the time. And I actually think that with social media and that sort of thing, it can go the other way. And and people are so fed up with it being it's, pushed down and their it throat. And it becomes fake. Actually, it's anti-advertisement. Yeah, they yeah. just actually... Scroll straight past it, yeah. and it's not, and it's not worth it. No. So, so as I said, I've answered your question, but for me, one of my gripes is that keyboard warriors <laughs> and those that shout the loudest on the internet, yeah, uh, so-called experts that have never done it before in their life, mm-hmm. um, and you know they're a legend in their own lunchtime. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, with the greatest respects. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yes. But you know, I one hundred percent agree. Let me with you. get some respect. Yeah. Or let me respect someone for what they've achieved. Yes. And 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 they I've got no problem with criticism or anything like that. I'd be delighted because if I can better what has been done. Yeah. And we as a group can better what has been done. Mm-hmm. And the criticism is constructive. That's fine. But to just 
abuse someone because you shot badly is absolute bullshit. Yeah, no. And and you know, uh, that would be my thing. Is that, that years ago, reputations were built because there was only magazines. Right. You had to wait a month or two months, or in your case over there with Sporting Clays magazine, Long time. sometimes six months <laughs> for for a report to appear on a shoot mm-hmm. and most people didn't know right you had no the mobile phones wasn't about yeah you didn't know until so, you read it so you didn't yeah. know until you read it the, the, the printed press was gospel mm-hmm. and and the reality is that that reputations in those days were earned yeah and they were they real earned them yeah, they were real the printed press because nobody ever knew now it's old news before the shoot was finished yeah yeah and and we need to get a dose of reality yeah. and get back to the fact that reputations in whatever you're doing, whether it be business, whether it be mm-hmm. sport, right, whether it be life, reputations have to be earned. Yeah, uh, that's given. that's one thing that we've been really struggling in uh, with, in especially in coaching over in the U.S. is the uh, I, I, your exact words is what I call it: the legends in their own mind. Uh, and it's so easy now to uh, to just basically tell people how good you are, even if you're not. And but it's actually influencing the sport in a negative way because because people don't know they read something they think it's real, you know. And but there's no legit legitimacy to it. And then they'll pay you know this guy or girl whatever you know x amount of money to learn the game, and then they're being taught all the wrong things from somebody that's never been there and done that. But you have, with, with the greatest respects, and this is not anywhere near a dig at you yeah, yeah. or your country, yeah. you have been a little bit, um, uh, how can I say, proactive in that score over a period of time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you have your World Series football, you have your World right. Series baseball, and there's only America that's in it. Right. Well, it's the same thing with, uh, see, Americans, uh, it, it's, and I can speak towards shooting too, uh, and it's interesting that this came up, but we we go back to ego. That's huge. We have American skeet. We have American trap. Uh, we have all. We've simple uh, simplified all the hard international games, so you know we can boost scores, have world championships that are only national championships, and uh, but it you know it's. I think it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with with people talking about the targets here. You know people let their egos come too much into their assessment of things. And yeah. The one thing I would say about it, and this is where I think you as a nation get it absolutely right, Yeah. is you still respect excellence. Yeah. You don't hate it. Right. And and as a country, I get where you're coming from, where you have national championships, tour and world championships, etc., etc., but your vibe... Is totally positive, mm-hmm. whereas in Europe and certainly in Britain, it's always negative. Yeah, really. That's they, they hate success. Huh? There's always a huge amount of jealousy. Hmm. Do you think that that have you being in your position is a bit like you said, being a top guy for thirty years has have you experienced? This a is lot not of that? actually. I'm not. I'm not well over twenty stone. This is just my bulletproof vest. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. Have you been asked that question before? That's why you came up with that so quick? Well, no, not no? at all. <laughs> no, I look, you know, we can have an amusing conversation one yeah. day sometime. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's pretty funny. All right, well, George, uh, thank you so much for your time, honestly. My pleasure. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to get to in this that we didn't get a chance to touch on? No, 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 not at all. I mean, look, I'm here. I'll be delighted to do another one for you. Okay. Because there's loads of stories. And, yeah. And we should do one. If you have time, we should do another one. And I just want to hear your stories. I think one of the coolest things and, and, and what opportunity that this affords people uh, back home is that they get to sit down and listen to, I mean, the greatest competitor in the history of this game. And just to hear your stories is is a learning experience for people. Yeah, and I think, and, and experiences. Yes. Yeah. And experiences. Not just the stories, it's the experiences of, of and, and, you know, I'm not a big person in talking about winning. Right. I would far rather yes. talk about the mistakes you made. Yeah. And then, well, that's those are more valuable. Yeah. You don't really learn much from taking home a trophy. No, yeah. Anyway, right. no, my pleasure. Yeah, thank you, George. Appreciate it. No, my pleasure. Dream, the best, the best. Let's go in.